Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I said what you know about it. It's the stupid baby. Got the knees in plus. Young stupid baby. And the room a lot. Liking all the Still stuff that this girl has in her apartment, just like the Aesop a... deodorant, that's mine. Santa. Oh shit! Okay, that's, everything else here is hers, though. The Lola tampon delivery that's, shit. That's um, You're listening to the stew. What is tampon delivery? <laughs> it's something called Lola, and you get it every month delivered to your door. An item that w- many women need monthly. You only and get so, one tampon. Yeah, it's one. It's an amazing product. It's one tampon, and they've <laughs> totally is 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 tampon as a monthly tampon subscription something that there is a necessity for, or is that kind of like a useless thing? No, luxury? it's kind of like it's just a. I mean, I can only speak for myself as one, but it's kind of like an annoying thing. Like it always seems like you're running out, or you don't have what you want, or like people are borrowing them not to give them back. Or you're are we recording? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And like, it's it's like, it just seems weird. It's like not something that, it is something that women should stockpile, but sometimes in New York, you don't really have this I space I buy them whenever I go to the food co-op. Right, but then some, I, And every time. Inevitably, you're always like, oh, I need a tampon. And like, it, you know, <laughs> and you don't have it when as, you need it. As someone who has an irregular period, I oh. just carry them everywhere with right me. but i think it would be nice <laughs> all the time to know and also <laughs> d- also i do want to hey if l- anyone from lola listens to this can i please have a trial so i think I can... they should call it red apron <laughs> but <laughs> kind of funny <laughs> kind of funny okay well the thing is <laughs> the thing is you could also switch to something reusable like a diva cup which is a rubber no it's silicone with silicone cup that catches the blood and then you Rinse it out. This podcast is a lot different than how it normally is, you guys. I kind of, I kind of, we need a little shaking up because normally the stew is a very kind of like male ish. It's usually just my friend and I, just two dudes talking about food. So you guys are injecting some female energy into it that's much needed. Cool. But it's a real heavy dose. Yeah. I like it. Well, I'm on vacation. I'm in, we're recording in New York. <laughs> And we got started off on some heavy flow diva cup chat. <laughs> we have Amanda and Kim from Food Book Fair. Say hello, guys. Hey, guys. Hey. hey Say your name so we know okay. who's who. I'm Kim. And I'm Amanda. Mm-hmm. We met a couple, two, three months ago. You guys threw the Food Book Fair at Ace Hotel, Ace New, Hotel York. New York. I came out and did some interviews. And that's where I was selling my, my zine there and, and all that stuff. And now I'm back. And we're doing a pod. Yeah. Buenos dias a Nueva York. <laughs> <laughs> well, girl. 
And you guys also do a, a podcast of your own. We do. That's on the Heritage Food Network. What's it called? Heritage so Radio Network. Heritage Radio it's, Network. It's, that would be an amazing if there was like a Heritage Food Network. There was a mashup well, a between brand. Food Network and Heritage Radio Network. There is. The, Heritage Foods. Right. Heritage Radio Network seems a little like alt-righty, doesn't it? I could see where like the, it's you like would an American that. eagle. Yeah, yeah. It's like this real heritage radio <laughs> bald boy. eagle clutching a flag in its talons. Just like as a logo. Talking about pour overs. It's actually kind of it would I think do, pretty uh, opposite. Of, <laughs> I of mean, an people talk. Oh, I, I know. That's <laughs> yeah, the yeah, irony. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if there's a show about people talking about pour overs, but a lot of it has to do with food politics, food systems, but also Snacky Tunes is a show on there. Do you think French, French press is alt right and pour overs more? Libtard. I can't. I don't even want to indulge in my mind someone who is alt right drinking a quality coffee. <laughs> like I want them to just swill like the grossest <laughs> coffee I I that wasn't there saying is. That a poor, they don't uh, deserve nice coffee. I'm not saying a French press is not ne- French press is not necessarily a nice coffee. I think French press is what people drink when they're alt right and they think they're having good coffee. Mm. Obviously, this is all debatable. I don't know. Definitely about the, the devices, but. So you guys are both alt right. You're both women. You're both podcasters. It's cool. We have some Twitter questions. Let's go to the lines. Um, so cookbooks. Do you guys even care about cookbooks? <laughs> I was reading an article about cookbooks today. Which um, was the article? It was Sierra the Grubhub one about how Grub Street. Grub Street. Grub Street. Grub Street. So Sierra wrote that. The sherbet person. The, the sherbet person. I, I, think I think it's ice cream. Oh, ice cream. No, it might be sherbet. Sounds like a racial slur. Okay, I definitely didn't for which, intend it for that which race. Way. Don't know yet. By the end of this pod, if you, if you that was an, a microaggression. Antarct- as the person of color in the room, Antarcticans. I'm half POC. Are you? Mm-hmm. Cool. What half, kind? Half white, half Antarctican. Oh. Mm, okay. Yeah, I need. Did to- you guys read this article though? Yes. About, yeah. About how. <laughs> I mean, since you guys... How writing cook <laughs> writing cookbooks as a chef or restaurateur is actually a really bad deal, or mm. can be. By Sierra Tishgart for Grub Street. Sierra, who has an ice yeah. cream flavor, a rainbow ice cream flavor. So it seems like Grub Hub is a little bit of a different thing. From Grub, Grub Hub is like a food delivery right. thing. If they have an investigative features on Grub Hub, I would... Uh... But also, they, are, they both have the word grub in it. So I'll give you that. <laughs> you kind of have to. Yeah. <laughs> mm. But it seems like the whole, like obviously the cookbook thing is a great thing, but the the corporate, literal, literary media is sort of taking its stronghold and, and grasp its claws into it and it's fucking people over. Do you guys agree with these points? I don't think it is a business or a situation that can be treated as a whole. Individual books by individual authors and or chefs, like... It's not a one size fits all about what your what the book's going to look like, who's going to publish it, who's going to print it, who's going to do the photography, what's your concept, like what's mm-hmm. your marketing plan. Do I think Sierra's article brought up some really good points? Definitely. Mm-hmm. And also, I think it brought attention to the fact of just you know, valuing people's work. You ate both of these cookies while but, we were talking. <laughs> it seems like But it's it's not like it's not like the I don't believe that it's the publishing industry is evil. And they're like, we're mm-hmm. going to like give you the least money possible. And like, we don't care about our product or our authors. 
I just think it's a system, you know, and a process that maybe hasn't modernized in the same way as other industries. So I, I just don't think it's one size fits all. It's hard to sell books. It is, but many people are making books. Yeah, yeah. when I was when I was reading reading that, it was it was saying that like Arna Garten's book, like Barefoot Contessa, like one of the most well selling books of our generation. It sold like four hundred thousand something copies. That's the, considered a lot of books, and that's considered a lot of books. So, like, if how much money do you make on each book? Like, two dollars. Can I continue on this and then I'll let Kim yeah. get into yeah, it? Yeah, First yeah, of all, yeah. there's a really funny story about that, which I really need about to tell Ina about Garden. us seeing Ina Garden live. But also, I think that okay, we need to. I'll, I'll we'll, we'll circle back to that. I can do it quickly. But <laughs> here's the thing: it's like you know, a book is one part of a person's vertical in terms of making money, whether that person is a television personality, whether they're a Mm -hmm. chef, like it's not a standalone item. It's an item that is used in collaboration with other things that they have in order to potentially drive revenue, whatever Mm -hmm. that means. If that happens. Okay. Here's the story. (laughs) We went to see (laughs) Ina Garden live at BAM, which is an amazing historic venue in downtown Brooklyn. Shout out to Priya Krishna and Kushbu Shah. Yeah. They, um, that evening. It was super fun. It was, this is going to blow your mind. It was Tina Fey in conversation with Ina Garden. How many seats do you think that BAM theater has that mm. mean? Thousands. A thousand? I don't know. It was completely packed to the rafters. We were sitting in the upper deck. The production value in terms of like hearing was great, but the setup as like someone who produces events was like genius. It was literally like one rug, two microphones and two chairs. And that was it. And it was just them. And the, and the crowd must have just been hanging on every word that they were saying. Totally. So at the end of it, what was the, what was the common demographic of age range and sex there? Um, out of curiosity. <laughs> was it leaning female? Uh, millennial gay men. Mm hmm. Women between 18 and 65. Right. Mostly straight right. women. That's my target demographic. Perfect. Way to just Everything narrow just in said. on that. <laughs> 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 75% women? There was a lot of women. And so at the end of it, they have So if to- I went, I could have cleaned up is what you're saying. They weren't interested in you. They were there to see Ina. Um, was there like a white wine hour or anything afterwards? Know, you had to pay extra for that I think shit. you had to pay extra. Got, um, got it. But this guy gets up at the end in the question. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't want to do an impression of him. But he was very like excited to be there. And he was like, hi. Um, I made your meatloaf uh, for my partner's birthday, and I was really excited about it. I got everything you said. Uh, you know, I went through the entire recipe, followed it. <laughs> it wasn't, you know, it was great. And then um, we bit into it, and I remember, and I it was became very apparent that I forgot the salt. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Ina, what do you do when you fuck up a recipe? And she like took a pause for a minute, deadpan, and was like. I don't fuck up. <laughs> and then the audience like went crazy. Uh, I, could, I could only imagine. And she's like, oh, no, no. And she's like, well, this is what I would have done. This is that. But th- it was done already. How, she, does, how do you not say yeah. that classic line when you're sitting right there? You know? Yeah. So that's, um, what, that's what makes Ina exactly, the god. Right. She was like, she was like, I don't know what she was thinking. but oh, anyway. I like that Ina doesn't make any like cameos in movies like how Martha does. 
what movies is Martha in? She's like I've seen her in a few movies where it's like, oh my god, Martha Stewart's here, and then she says like, and like out of character, like very crass line where it's like, oh my god, Martha Stewart said like the f word or something like that, or like as like a weird comedic injection. But Ina, I think, is, is staying above She's that. She's above yeah. that, and I like. <laughs> they that got different her. vibes. Yeah, it's true. One of them is one, one's Hamptons, one's in the city. I think Martha's in Greenwich. Yeah, that's. I... But do you? But uh, going back to the cookbooks, yes. I feel like there seems to be a parallel with like the music industry and how album sales and record deals are, used to be an ar- archaic kind of situation, and now the tide has turned, where people are becoming more independently independent. They're, they're able to have their team of people release an album, do their own merch, and design it, distribute it organize their own tours, all of their revenue streams can be done in-house without the aid of a, a big record label or a big publisher doing it. Are we trying to identify who's a chef-author analog to Chance the Rapper? I'm never trying to identify with Chance the Rapper on anything, <laughs> but he, he is a prime example of somebody who's doing that, but also many, many other people are, are, are doing that where the, the days of like the big record label mm-hmm. advance where you have to work off and then you end up owing them money and it's just a system that is designed for most people to fail. Mm-hmm. Do, you th- do you think, do you see anybody in the cookbook world doing, doing that, like self-releasing things? Or, like, because it was saying like, like an author will get maybe like a $100,000 advance, which is like pretty damn good. If that you're, you're going to be selling a book that's going to sell like, a hundred thousand copies, like that's a that's a lot of money. But then, you're you're expected to use that money towards your co-author, your photographer, your food stylist, your blah blah blah. So then, by the time, and then like possibly for travel expenses when you're promoting it, things like that. So, the final the final check that you get up when the dust is settled after two years of work is like not a ton of money. Kim, do you want to speak to that? Oh, I feel okay. like I'm trying to. I'm like throwing back to the beginning. I mean, I don't know. But like, it, so somebody was saying they had to pay their photographer thirty thousand dollars. I, I know, doesn't that seem like a lot of money? Yeah, well, I mean, for no. a book project, depends on what kind of book project it is and how yeah. involved it is. No, no. that doesn't. I think people, how many recipes right. were there? How many shoes did you do? Did yeah. were there travel? I know. I mean, it's a lot. And also, I think what people, you know, but I could name. I could think of like. 17 people who would shoot a cookbook for like $2,000, you know? Cool. I mean, that. I think what people, I mean, that's awesome. Like, but. And also, anyone I know could do that as well. The thing about it is that I think what people don't understand, I'm not saying this is you, I'm saying I think there's a perception of what, as we are friendly and have worked with many photographers, especially ones that specialize in food. What what mm-hmm. you're really paying for is the post work, is the editing work. That's the time mm-hmm. and that's the like the d- really focused, detail oriented work. That's I think a mis you know there's it's kind of like a misconception about that. It's like a great you. Well, I'm I'm misconceived because I don't really know. So that's why I'm totally. asking you guys. So it's like you're. I mean, our you know one of our closest friends, like Liz Clayman, she's an amazing food photographer. Like if she's gonna if she's gonna you know give give a hundred photos like that's could be 12 15 20 hours of work in editing 
Mm-hmm. Like it's not just, you have to set up your product really well by creating a beautiful shot, mm-hmm. but you have so much work to do before you can deliver it. True. So there's that, this, you know, it was great that in Sierra's article, Chris Fisher from Beetlebung Farm was like spoke to her and was really candid mm-hmm. with her. I, I, you know, I don't think he can speak for everyone in the sense that I do believe that there's a lot of publishers that would never leave it up to their author to like hire the photographer, mm-hmm. to hire experts. Yeah. And like, they're, they're like, you know, there's many different deals and it's almost, you know, I don't think there's author, so many authors that are tasked with what it seemed that Chris was tasked with. Different, right. I mean, different publishing houses right. dif- have different ways of doing things, different folks, what I mean, depending on if you have an agent houses? or a manager. Oh, we can't answer on. that question on air. Please. We're not what do you think anywhere. the best one is? No. We no. can't answer that either. Jesus. Christ. We just can't. We can talk about the books that we like. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Okay. 2017 best cookbook. What do you guys think? Or fave cookbook? Ugh. I was going to go back to the beginning of the question comparing it to the music industry. Okay. But uh, we def- can. Way to deflect. <laughs> do it. Let's go back to I that. Was, I mean, just like. <laughs> can I get you guys another beer or anything? <laughs> We're not- I'm good. Um, just getting two girls drunk in your friend's living room two so you girls, can ask them what their favorite cookbooks of 2017 Two drunk are. girls dishing on cookbooks. I'm sure people will your really be clicking just through. Like, drunk. <laughs> Love Come <it>. on. <laughs> um, Don't worry, we're just getting started, guys. Oh, shit. We have, I have a lot of Twitter questions that we're going to answer. Oh, cool. Wait, what do you mean? People send me questions Twitter questions. Twitter. You ask them? They they send them all the time. Oh, I've got a whole stockpile of them. Oh wow! We should do a lightning round. Okay, we're gonna do a lightning round with elaboration. Okay, it's gonna be like more of like a a rainstorm. <laughs> oh, okay. Like it's it's not a drizzle, but it's not a full lightning. Jason, you're kind of rocking the trifecta of three drinks right now. I see coffee. We've got a lot of beverages beer. on this wow. table. Coffee, giant smart water, cold categorical error threes brewing beer. Mm. You are winning the beverage game right now. It's 94 degrees in New York, <laughs> so you have to stay hydrated, man. Totally. Okay. What I was going to say, though, I think <laughs> we've observed over the last half century, 20 years, 15, especially last 5, 10 years, um, traditional ways in which people make media, whether that's music, whether that's books, magazines, artwork, and how it's sold and produced and processed and marketed and distributed has changed a lot. Oh, yeah. Especially with um, how technology and media and social media have changed. And some Mm -hmm. of the older systems aren't really working anymore as they used to. But there are also some things that are changing for the better, like being yoked to a record label for a six-album deal and then maybe signing it at the beginning or not even at the beginning of your career, but during a point where you are not getting a great deal and then you can't get out of it because you don't know how to get out of it. Mm-hmm. That's pretty shitty. And, yeah. you know, if that's, um, I mean, movie studios don't have like that studio contract system anymore. There's right. a lot of reasons why things change for the better. Um, yeah, it's an exciting time now. <laughs> I mean, all you need is this laptop and yeah. I, could, I could write a cookbook, edit the photos, and market and distribute the it. The entry and sell is, it. A, is very different, but there's also more competition. True, you know? but I mean, I think there's yet to be a chef author who is a Chance the Rapper analog. That's very but, true. But, but actually, that's actually, what Nick that's Conus from Alinea X. That's what his he. Well, I, I guess maybe in speaking of like mainstream culture consuming world, there isn't like uh, you know like a hot. 
chef author <laughs> rapper equivalent. But there are all these folks that start blogs and then they tur- or an, just an Instagram account that turns into a book deal. But I think what we, we get ta- pitch those people yeah. all the time. But I think what we and they have way more followers than any of us ever. Right. Will have. Well, we talked about it on, when and Sierra came on our show mm-hmm. was about. Well, I mean, Grant Ackett is that celebrity chef that's going to self-publish his own book with Nick Kokonis, mm-hmm. and that's when he wrote this. There was a Medium article. But the Grant, Grant Ackett's mm-hmm. Chance the Rapper trajectory is a little different but we don't need okay. to get in this you right. don't like but chance rapper you don't like chance rapper either i'm taking this on but i think why <laughs> i think perhaps one of the reasons why sierra wrote this or investigated it was because of a medium article that a person named nick kokonis wrote who is i guess the operator i don't know how exactly what Owner, his title operator, would be right in next next a- and alinea mm-hmm. um very well-respected, juicy right. restaurants. So he wrote a Medium post about how many publishers had approached him and Grant to do a book. And that they, because when they broke it down and did a deep dive, which they did and which they share on this, you know, in this article, that they decided that they were going to self-publish. Mm-hmm. So we can see where, once it comes out, we can compare it to, like, the chance, you know, trajectory as you said and and see the similarities and differences well i was going to say that grant and nick are already established and okay. chance wasn't I see but what anyway you're right okay so mm-hmm. but uh, yeah but i guess with making a making a, a song there's much less to lose than making a cookbook and you mm. got to print the damn thing yeah right. yeah, yeah whoa one involves i mean they both involve a lot of work but if you're if you record your song on your in your friend's Home studio and put it on Spotify, SoundCloud. You're you're I mean, you're not spending you're not really SoundCloud spending much rap. money, but with the cookbook, you know you're you're doing a lot of money spending and a lot of time spending. But with with all with yeah. with more competition, also I feel like comes with more. There's a lot of competition, but not really any of it is. A lot of it is shitty, is what I'm saying. Like as as the why world, don't you tell us your least favorite? As the world book. progresses, the competition is increased because the barrier of entry is easier. But yep. I also feel like people are, as a whole, are just turning into more and more of a dum dum. So it's not. <laughs> so maybe it's. I don't think there's anyone. <laughs> I mean, I, I um, you know. I don't think anyone has it figured out. Like I only refer to the cookbook world. This is something we've talked about a little bit before. Like I think there was a huge trend in like creating a really beautiful book that had incredible photography. That was kind of like something you put on your coffee table. Maybe you cooked out of it. Maybe it was a little bit precious. That was a big trend. And there were many talented people that did that. And that still goes on. Mm -hmm. But then there's someone like you, I don't know. Did you get to speak to Samin at, um, Samia Nosrat at yeah. Food Book Fair. Uh-huh. Like her book is only illustrated, and it's doing incredibly well by Wendy McNaughton. Yes, mm. um, shout out to Wendy and Samia. So, I I don't want to. Sp- I would never speak for Wendy and and Samia in any way, shape, or form. But I can imagine that that was you know they were faced with some kind of interesting conversations when they were like we're going to do a cookbook that doesn't have any photography this is what it's going to look like you know and mm-hmm. i'm sure there were people that were worried yeah so it and there you know it's in, such an incredibly well done product and it's so 
helpful and useful. What's that book called again? Um, it's called Salt, salt Fat, acid, acid, Heat. heat. <laughs> like salt, I, always, acid, I always mess up how it's supposed to. Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no, there's no formula that's perfect for it because it's something that's constantly changing and evolving. So the backlash to the overly precious, beautiful $60 cookbook is an illustrated cookbook that is, you know, More it just goes back and forth for the dawn of time. It'll be bell bottoms and then skinny pants and bell bottoms. <laughs> yeah, skinny pants and forever. I mean, people always, I think there's a lot of appeal in doing a restaurant cookbook. Mm-hmm. Or especially when chefs are approached and they're like, yeah, oh, of course, this is my restaurant. This. this is, um, And like, how do you sort of the idea of translating a well-known restaurant for the home cook? But the thing is, restaurants close or things change or chefs change. Um, and sometimes a story doesn't translate well enough to sell tens of thousands of copies of that mm-hmm. book at an anthropology special sales table <laughs> in suburban Chicago. Oh, that's obviously you know, that specific. Kind of and you need to do that in order to move a lot of copies of books. But if that's not your concern, or if that's not the it's publisher's true. concern. All right, we're moving on, ladies. Great. Yeah, let's move on. Cookbooks are fucking stupid. Anyways, <laughs> you guys are doing a reading later on today. I'm, or doing, you, I'm doing a reading You're tonight. You're doing a reader, reading tonight. Part of an event called Lips, Teeth, Tongue. Lips, Teeth, Tongue. Is so. <laughs> Jason's like, like I'm called. scared. It's salt, tongue, <laughs> ho- eat, tongue, acid. and then scrap wilts, wilts, and weeds. Okay, so so, what, other so this is on a, our show that we couldn't then, pronounce. Her. So this appears just based off of that Succulenta. name. It's like a cross section between sex it's a, and food. Yeah, it's a food and sex reading. Um, okay. Writing that has to I'm do with this food is in and Brooklyn. sex. This is at the William Vale oh, Hotel. Nice. Wow. Sex can happen in Manhattan. Sex can happen so, anywhere. Yeah. Come on. yeah, of course it can. But when those two, when those <laughs> I'm in Manhattan night, that I am offended by that. When people do a reading about the cross section of food and sex in New York, it's going to be in Brooklyn. And there's nothing wrong with that. It seems like something that I would be interested in attending. It could be a housing works. Actually, is where I would. I initial, initially suggested this event. So, but anyway, it's, it's not. It's the whole film. event is just people doing these readings, or you're just one part of I a- am one part of this reading. I okay. will be reading an excerpt from uh, a piece I wrote for the upcoming issue of Put an Egg on It about dudes I've been involved with and things that we ate or didn't eat together. Um, but there are also other people reading Cat Kinsman from Extra Crispy, who's awesome. Uh, burlesque performers like Nick's Nocturne and Calamity Chang. There will be astrology and tarot readings, I think, if you get there early. I don't really know what to expect. I I probably should know. Like I've so you so this is something. This is like an essay that you wrote for. It's it's a yeah. It's an essay that I wrote for a magazine. Give us a little. Just a little spit taste. a few bars. You don't have to spit a few bars verbatim, but you know what? Like so, it's about. Moments that you and guys that you've dated over the years have shared a food time? <laughs> <laughs> or how does how does sex enter into this? Shared a food time, yeah. I mean the thing Shared food time? Shared a food time. Mm. Okay. Hmm. I mean Dakota Kim, who's a a food editor Sorry, at Mom. Paste and a writer and the organizer of this event, she said, You can read anything you want. It just can't be, this was a chat over Facebook Messenger, oh, it can't be XXX hardcore. And I said, okay, like I'll have to. Got it. 
And then you're like, oh, it's going to be a long night because that's all I've got. It's, it's just, uh, I'm just going to be reading eggplant emoji text messages that I've received. Okay. This seems interesting. No, it will, uh, let's see, what's in this essay? There is a botched attempt at making spaghetti al limone, um, spaghetti with lemon. There is um, an awkward date that had per- someone make me a perfect bite, who's a well-known chef in a Western city that my friend was trying to get me to sleep with, mostly for his benefit. When you say Western city, what do you mean by that? Uh, Are we talking like... Texas, or okay. but also protect, you're. I'm protecting my work wife. But also now. you're Let's, Asian. The line of questioning so like, is, is getting a little bit. America? The line of questioning is getting a little bit personal. I'm going to protect my work wife right now. She it's will not reveal LA, or not, not reveal the city. You got to come to the reading. I can't give it away. I don't care. You could try and give it away in a, a podcast that's going to show up later. Okay, I don't want you to. I'm not asking you to say who this person is by any means, but I am curious what this perfect bite consisted of. It was. Um, and was it? Did you truly believe it to be a perfect bite? It was really. It was. It was. Upper echelon. The perfect bite. Like in oh, that shit, context. Really? Uh, it was. It was in a soup spoon. It was salt and pepper. Hot. Salt and pepper calamari. <laughs> um, fried? It was fried like the Chinese style white pepper. Okay. White pepper and salt calamari. Not battered. With not battered. There was this like green, colored green wheat noodle dish that we had. So there was like part of the noodle. There was like the calamari on top. And then there was um, like a bird's eye chili, like part of a bird's eye chili and uh, pea tendril. It was like a mini meal. (laughs) It was the perfect bite. Wow, that's cool. It takes a few elements to make a perfect bite, okay? That sounds. Oh, and I mean, James Beard Award-winning chef. I don't know what to say. Oh, you want to say who it is no, so don't. bad, don't you? He's just a watch yourself. James Beard Award-winning <laughs> chef from the West. <laughs> he has access to the best tendrils in town. How do you know what a pea tendril is? How do you know what a pea tendril is? I, I oh, I buy them all the time. Jason knows <laughs> a thing or two about a thing or two. I mean, pea tendril. I know what a pea is. I know what a tendril is. Put them together. It's a pea tendril. <laughs> okay. It's a fun little garnish. Nice little summertime snap for the perfect bite. Okay. That's a good ad. If yeah. the pea tendril it, board of America yeah. doesn't call you after this. <laughs> the pea tendril board wants pea to sponsor sure food book fair. Not. I don't think a pea tendril a pea is tendril that board exotic of or America. rare of an ingredient right, where I, just, okay. I wouldn't know what it's it is. Has Whatever. anyone ever made you the perfect bite? Yeah, what about you? Let's get into your bites. Uh, no, I mean, people have made me perfect bites, but only as like a friend kind of thing. It's never been in like... Courtship. It's, it's never, a lover <laughs> has never made me a perfect bite, in my opinion, I would say. So you're still waiting for that? Still waiting. I mean, could you imagine if some if I could find a girl that would make me the perfect bite? That must do a lot to to somebody. Like, right. I was, like how did that feel when yeah. this man gave you a perfect bite? Like, <laughs> I feel like if if I was like dating a girl and she cooked me some crazy ass shit like that, and it was like, here, here's a perfect bite, put it in my mouth, and I ate it, and it really was a perfect bite, I would be overcome with a rush, a waterfall of emotions and feelings. Like, oh my god, <laughs> do, am I I just have to marry this person? How? Do, what's going to happen? I, I could mean, have I- access to these bites 
For eternity? <laughs> For eternity. Until you fuck up. Until take your bite away. Until one of us fucks up. How do you... We don't need to assume I'm that I'm going to be the one who fucks right up. I'm now out of a, a part of a cookie, a lighter, and this piece of Palo oh, I was like, whoa. You're happening? lighting a damn cookie wow. on fire. Um, um, yeah, how did that make you feel? I think... I don't think there's a level of expectation, but then there are certain questions that pop in your brain where you're like, oh, this is a nice gesture. This is not necessarily... a overtly romantic gesture but someone's doing something for you and it like also you're like tasting it and it's like hitting all the like you know the pleasure center of your brain is like in that Woody Allen movie it's like ah! mm-hmm. and you're like oh could this be something could this go somewhere just like in that moment because yeah, you're like that calamari was really good when you put the pea tendril on top mm-hmm. hmm. have you ever had the perfect bite I don't know. I don't, nothing, clearly nothing that sticks in my mind. Have you ever made yourself the perfect bite? Oh, sure. I make my perfect stuff for all the time. You know what I was talking about. Just like a single. Um, yeah, I made one today. What was it? What was it? I, <laughs> um, I think my cooking right now is like, like canapé for it's, one. Yeah, it's like thing. various spurts of like cooking like sometimes I like have a half an hour and I'm like I want to just stock my fridge with some stuff so it's easy so I stuff that I cooked so that I can make stuff a little next spurt. time I got a spurt mm-hmm. um I wanted to make <laughs> would you like to, to try make... this cookie crumb is that just you like walking down the <laughs> sidewalk Santo? like biting a carrot is that a is that a like a spurt on the go no, spurting only happens in my apartment. It's a spurt of cooking or Damn, preparing. Who's doing the sex reading yeah. <laughs> over here? You know um, I mean? It's, it's hey. different. It's surprise, different. surprise it's, guests. It's different. Amanda I want. I only do yeah. my spurting <laughs> behind closed doors. Hey, I do. Hey, some people like fun. public sp- sp- spurting. <laughs> people in Brooklyn. are either are either of <sighs> you familiar with the um, midwestern soda pop called Squirt? Yeah. Delicious. Is it just Midwestern? I thought it was just Midwestern. That's like, I never heard of it. Squirt is huge in Mexico. Oh. And everyone there just drinks squirt and vodka. <laughs> or squirt and tequila. Like that's How like, do you order it? You don't have an option. It's just like <laughs> Is it just called it's just no, squirt it's, it's just and vodka? Like, in, in, is there a Spanish translation for squirt? <laughs> I don't, I don't know actually. Okay. And I and I and I was so off off guard from that question that I'm not able to do like a fun joke impression of how you would say "esquer" in Spanish. It's okay. I got nothing. But oh. over there, the 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 squirts come in like a one liter bottle. Oh wow. Okay. So that so is like that still considered because, a squirt because they have to be different about every fucking thing, you know. So right. like we have a, like a little. We have a liter. We have a two liter. When we don't have a one liter, like it just looks a little more European and different. But squirt is much better than than a Seven Up or a Sprite. It's delicious. It's great in that flavor. It's in that flavor family. It's kind of cloudy. Okay. Like a Pocari sweat. Yeah. Less was, cloudy than Pocari sweat. I've had a childhood denied of soda, so I haven't had even a, like I haven't had the I never had the basic sodas. I don't know anything about these other sodas. <laughs> Whenever did you drink sodas in your adult life? Occasionally. Have you ever had the pleasure of just a nice Coca-Cola and a slice of pizza? Or a cheeseburger and a Coca-Cola? I have at some point. Root beer and a hot dog? I, okay, root beer float I can get down with. Mm. That, that's delicious. That's part of my like death row order from Shake Shack. I've never had it from Shake Shack. Oh. Shake Shack <laughs> burger, the fries, 
<laughs> and the root beer float is like all you need. Mamma mia. Yeah, it's really good. Or just vanilla ice cream, right? Or do you do, a, you no, do a wild? It's, no, no, it's purist. Good. I interrupted your spurting. No, oh, there's nothing that exciting. I just <laughs> made like a tahini sauce. Okay. And then I just was like trying it. So I just like put a piece of lettuce like on it. And then I put this piece of like smoked fish from the, the cult, a.k.a. co-op, which we do need to discuss. Was on it this. Blue Hill Bay? Um, Two fillets yeah, in a it pack. Was the, yeah, they but changed it was, their packaging. It's it green now the instead packaging. of blue. Totally That's threw me off. I had to like inspect it for like five minutes before I bought it. Like, what's going on here? Right, Why are they this changing? Stuff for your food podcast, guys. <laughs> we don't do any of that stuff in LA. But that sounds like a good bite. You don't need smoked fish in LA. Not really, but I mean, like the co-op thing. It's very New York, and in LA, we just go to the farmers market. We do that too. I know, but like we don't really like the co-op thing. Doesn't really happen in LA. It would be so fun if you came with us to the co-op, Jason. Will you? I will, yeah. Okay, great. Just send me the invite. Okay. Let's do it tomorrow. You have to wear a sticker. Let's do it about tomorrow morning. man you enough to do, wear a you sticker. You should record from the... What, what does the sticker say? It's co-op. neon green, and it says, it says non-shopping visitor. And so don't you even think about taking anything off you the can, shelf and can, putting it in a basket. You can take the sticker off. So just it's a non, non-shopping you just, visitor. You just have to tear off the sticker. <laughs> so then you just... When they're not watching, what? just tear <gasps> off the sticker. You haven't, so then yeah. you, are you not allowed to buy anything? Correct. Well, then why the fuck do you go? You just look you at it You have to be a member. Squash? It's to see if you want to be a member. But oh. you can have your friend who's a member shop for you. Right. Oh, okay, but you're not okay. supposed to... Got it, got it, yeah. got it. That's what Okay, well then, yeah. I mean, it seems like a system that's easy to... Squirt around. God. <laughs> Are you guys ready for some Twitter questions? Yeah, let's do it. All right, first Trivia. question. Oh, my god! It's not really trivia. It's just... I'm not prepared. It's just questions. I mean, some of them are dumb. Some of them are actual questions. Let's do this. First one, Charlie F. Baby at The God. Squid Ink Spaghetti. What's really going on here? They... I mean, I don't know... Puncture if- the sack of squid ink and mix it in with <laughs> pasta dough and... Oh shit! Um, oh my god! Uh, yeah, but I, um, I mean, I think. What do you mean? Know, like, I think maybe, what's up with that? Maybe like, he's asking, like, is there a point? Like, because I've had. Like, do you think there's much to squid ink pasta other than like it looks black? Like, it offers a little bit of flavor, a little but not, bit, but, but it's not very a ton. little. Do you think it's, it's just, just my mom mainly calling. a cosmetic difference? I think there's. When you got when you see like a like a bowl of black pasta, are you like mm, yum yummier than regular colored pasta? I, I love the look of spaghetti nero, like of spaghetti like with squid ink. There's mm. a really great Jurgen Teller photo of Bjork eating mm. um, squid ink spaghetti, and it's like coming out of her mouth. Mm. It's very it's a very Bjork photo. I mean, Jurgen Teller squid ink pasta and Bjork. That's all I need. I could be seduced. Squirting. That's what I call so, a perfect bite. Yeah, I mean, um, depends on what be, like I mean, what the dish is. is about but the aesthetics of eating, right? I could be seduced by some squidding pasta. I hope it doesn't go away. I think it serves a place. Yeah, I guess. Into it, we won't Into hate it. on it. Not hating on it, but not a little bit of flavor. Little, yeah, I don't. I don't stay up at night dreaming about it versus just a regular one. All right, at Filter Bear, almond or coconut milk in smoothies, who's the real hero? I don't make smoothies. Coconut milk. I, I like both. I like the uh, coconut almond one that looks like a bowling pin. Oh, Califia forms? Yeah. <laughs> That's the one. 
yeah. Un- unsweetened coconut almond. Yeah. I like all that, that I one a lot. Get down with. But you don't make smoothies at all. I do not make smoothies at all. Are you against them, or are you just not a fan? I don't eat a lot of drinkable foods. Okay. I have my. You be- like to crunch. You like the yeah, texture. I like solid food for breakfast. Because <laughs> you're a grown up. <laughs> I like solid food. You never just crave a smoothie on a hot. It's 94 degrees outside. Just like no, a nice, refreshing, cold, fruity smoothie. Not too sweet. Mmm. You can just feel As, the nutrients well, the thing is, entering like, I your think bod. Smoothie in terms of like something you drink after a workout that has protein powder in it that happens to have almond milk also. Oh. Um, but maybe I'm getting this way. wrong. You're talking about like Jamba Juice? No, no, no. I'm talking, making I'm talking about just you have a blender. You just you, you open up the lid of your Vitamix. Yeah. Banana, some frozen blueberries, some almond milk, maybe a little grass-fed Greek yogurt, maybe a little honey, maybe some kale, maybe some hemp oil, this is your recipe maybe some flaxseed oil. The perfect smoothie. I have one, yeah. I get down with it occasionally. I actually made one the other day. I, uh, I, no, I just eat the components. Would you rather are, just have a just bowl full of fruit? Yeah, I would. Yeah. I do that every morning. Have you ever put half an avocado in the smoothie is like a game changer. I actually, I have, and it is a game changer, but in the wrong way. I actually really dislike avocado in a smoothie and I love avocado. Oh I love smoothies. I eat them both almost every day. Really? But when I put it in the smoothie, it, it gets like a weird creaminess that's to the it. Part I, I think that's the part I like. That's, it's, it's, it's a, and it kind of has like a, an odd bitterness somehow. Like it, it creates a, a mouthfeel that I don't like. I was, I was going to see if you were going to say the word mouthfeel. But, <laughs> Can um, I tell you what I eat yeah. instead of a smoothie? Do you guys both eat smoothies for breakfast? I, I, don't, actually, eat I don't eat breakfast. I don't eat it oh. all the time. I make it, I would say like once a month maybe. Okay. I eat. I make a smoothie five days a week. It's when you, do you have it? I used to literally have one every single morning. Like I would make a cup of coffee, hot coffee, cold smoothie. I had that every single morning my whole life for years, and then I stopped eating breakfast. And now I have it like mid-afternoon snack. Why did you stop eating breakfast? To lose weight, and just to experiment in like different eating at different times like i love eating dinner mm-hmm. and i don't really care about breakfast that much so i just stopped eating dinner or stopped eating breakfast so i could have more dinner hmm. oh i was I, wondering if you practice intermittent fasting i do oh you okay, do. okay interesting mm-hmm. well the the real reason i think i started making the smoothies or why i wanted to make one the other day was because of i if i have fruit and it's kind of like going almost bad and i can't eat it i cut the bad parts out and i freeze it and then the way to use it is putting it in the smoothie i just eat the fruit right yeah just like when you have a really really old banana that's about to turn into like a fossil fuel (laughs) that's the best time to get the flavor out yes if you're making a banana bread or a smoothie but you could never just put it in a bowl like you and eat it because it would be gross yeah Mm-hmm. I put it in the compost at that point. I try not to let it get there. I just got a hair in my mouth from this microphone. I hope it's my own hair. Um, <laughs> oh, it's definitely not. It, Next it's question. Very short. It's not. Uh, Carlos is dumb. Thoughts on this stupid list? It's the Food Republic. All the styles of French fries ranked. Oh. Have you seen this? Number. Tell no, us. Number nine. I'm working my way from nine to number one. Got it. Number nine, cheese fries. 
Not mad at it. Not mad at it. Also, it. I don't think that's a style of fry. That's just a fry with cheese on it. Yeah, that's, yeah. Because you could have any... F- right. Okay, number eight, crinkle cut. I Serves its purpose. Uh, Shake Shack has crinkle cut, right? They do. Yeah. I think crinkle cut is a great fry, but it has to be cooked. It they're, can't be soft. They're often soft. They're often soft. But you need the outside crunchy, golden brown, middle, fluffy, pillowy. If you can pull that off, great. Okay, number seven, shoestring matchstick fries. Not Uh, into it. That's higher than crinkle cut, and I don't even like crinkle cut. Continue. Yeah, the matchstick kind of seems dumb. It's too small to pick up and eat, and then you like try to eat the the matchstick with a fork, and then you dip it in the ketchup, and it's too much. Okay, number six, curly fry. I think curly fry, similar as a crinkle cut, often too soft, but when you... Often too salty. Often, but the good part at about At least the, I grew up eating them at Arby's. I don't know what it's yeah. like elsewhere. The crinkle also usually, <laughs> it's like an under, understood rule that it'll have like a seasoning salt on the crinkle, on, yeah, on the curly. I like, like my not fries just, just with salt. You're not, you don't do a, you don't like a, a seasoned salt. How, how say you? Have I had a curly fry? I don't know. You've never had a curly fry? I can't recall. I can't recall the last time I had a curly fry. <laughs> okay, number five, garlic fries, which is kind Again, of, that's like the cheese yeah, fry. Yeah, it's like you just put anything on it. Yeah, like, yeah, that doesn't count. Know. And that's also, delicious, garlic though. fries are good, but like it's not like a big thing. But like like Vietnamese, I've had like Vietnamese garlic fries. Mm. It's like garlic and cilantro, and they like toss it, like raw mm. garlic, toss in the fries as soon as they come out. A little aioli, real nice. Mm. Number four, standard cut regular French fry. Number three, <laughs> tater tot. What? I don't think a tater tot is not a fry. That is tater tots are first. so fucking good. They're not a fry at all. Ugh. Number two, Waffle? Belgian fry. What is that? What is the difference between a Belgian fry and standard cut? Standard. Um, the Belgians are like are usually there here? they're usually double fried. And sometimes it'll be with mayonnaise. And sometimes if you go to a good place, it's like in beef fat instead of oil. Belgian fries are, I think they're number one. Okay. If you get a good one. Okay. Number one, waffle fry. I feel like in a ranking of fries, a standard cut long French fry yeah. should be. There's different shapes like tater tot and waffle is... <laughs> pushing it tater tot is like i didn't need to like throw that out of this i mean there's one there's waffle fry number one no there's for me i like a waffle fry though i do too but they're very filling you can't eat that a balthazar fry for life that's those are really does it better it's it diner makes pretty good fries there's other people that make pretty good ones but for me it's the balthazar fry Mm. that's it for our listeners at home, that's a restaurant in New York <laughs> oh, yeah. that you just can't get a table at. It's actually not that hard to get a table at. Unless you're them jeans. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Chris Black is the plug for that one. Okay. Carlos has a second question. Yeah. What is your favorite lots of work but worth to do at home food item? For me, he suggests making homemade corn tortillas. Ooh. Oh. Mm. That's pretty fun. Yeah. And worth it. Lots of work to do, but worth it. I think for me, I go lasagna. 
whenever I make a lasagna properly, like make the pasta from scratch and roll it out and boil it, blah blah blah, make the sauce. It takes forever. And then if you're you, making the pasta, if you're making the pasta, too. you make the pasta and you make the sauce. Damn, into it. And then and then you have to make it the day before and right. put it in the fridge because it's actually it's it's much better the next day than the day of. You can't have it fresh at all. Lasagna rule. So it'll take me hours to make, and then you have to cook it, put it in the fridge, and then reheat it the next day. So, but it is worth it. Hmm. How do you, what, Amanda? Do- I have nothing. I have two things that are worth it, but they're not that hard. <laughs> but they're just something that I do that I do feel is worth it. That is some effort. Kim and I can actually talk about this a little. One is mayo, homemade oh, yeah. mayo mm. changer. It's kind of it's easy-ish to make, but there are certain elements that have to be one hundred percent correct in order for it to work. Yeah, the um, thing that like w- with making mayo at home, like if you do it in a blender or a food processor. It's a lot easier with that than a whisk, obviously. Or a mortar and pestle. That was my follow-up. But when you, when you make it in a blender, you have to use a lot of eggs. Like, you have to make kind of like a decent amount of mayo for it the to... Vitamix is deep. Emulsify. Stick blender. Stick, Stick blender. hand blender. Yeah, but people don't really have those as much as they used to. I got two. You want one? <laughs> yeah, actually. Oh, great. But if, you, but if you just want to make mayo for one, the mortar and pestle works really well. It takes a long time, and you have to have a better feel for mayo. What do you mean? I fucked it up a bunch mayo. of times. I, every maybe six to nine months, I try to make mayo in, or aioli in a mortar and pestle, and I overshoot it or I break it. And mm-hmm. then I dump it out and I put it in a bowl and I do it again with a whisk. mayonnaise is frustrating. It took yeah. me a long time and a lot of fucking up before I was able to get a feel for it. But once you get it, it's delicious. It's and it's actually really easy. So good. Mm-hmm. Another, another thing for me that is worth it that I'm, I haven't done yet, but I'm going to see if it is, is making my own puff pastry out of like a really nice artisanal flour and butter instead of just like store-bought, pre-made puff pastry. Have you guys ever made that before? I've never done that at home. Never. I'll let you guys know how it goes. Yeah, please do. I'm trying to make some sausage rolls from scratch. Wow. From scratch. That's right. Next question. Best cuisine... Okay, this is uh, is my man, Glover. Um, Best cuisine crossover. Example, Korean barbecue, southern barbecue... What do you guys think? Like foods that have been able to merge into one. I don't know if I like that question, John. This question could go some ways. <laughs> but um you want to answer this? I don't first? know. I uh, merging? Hmm, just like just like a successful fusion cuisine that has actually worked and s- stood the test of time perhaps. Japanese people making French pastry. Mmm. Have you ever made Japanese milk bread? No. That's another thing that I'm planning on doing soon. I love how it's perfectly square. Right? Mine will definitely not be perfectly square. I'm going to be making it in like a meatloaf pan, probably. But hopefully it'll be cloudy and pillowy. um, Maybe Santa Claus will bring a a perfect square guy. Spring form? No, you need the the thing. You need the pan that it cooks it in. Mom, if you're listening, buy me a Japanese bread pan. (laughs) Um... I love uh, Korean taco. 
Yeah, I think that's that, a good that, one. Yeah, that, that seems to be one that's carried over very well, especially in L.A. Hmm. Next question. Ben, ben Jills. Am I a piece of shit for getting a packet of instant ramen and a bottle of water delivered to my house? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. Period. And I, I thought the fact that he ordered a bottle of water as well and not just used like tap water kind of makes it okay. Like it's, it's like he's just going to make instant ramen, but he ordered the water. So he's like, he's getting shitty ramen. It's being delivered because he's shitty. And can't just walk to the store, but he's using a nice bottled water for it. Kind of evens it out and cancels everything out. What say you? Still a piece of shit. This Does this person live in LA or in New York or somewhere else? I don't know. This goes like way beyond ramen and water. This person is like fishing for something. I don't know. Whoever this people, person is, you know. I think it's about more than that. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I would walk downstairs and get the ramen and the water. But I also well, maybe maybe he lives in a place where water. that's not accessible. He doesn't have like potable water. Um, okay. Yeah, maybe he's in a place where like going to the store yeah. is a I don't know twenty minute drive. I can't like dedicate. But then if you're getting part of my brain to think yeah, about this, getting that delivered. Okay, well then I have a much better for- question okay. for you. <laughs> Fuck Mary Kill, Ina Garden, Padma, and Nigella. I oh, guess- <laughs> that is so difficult. There's two of them I would want to. So that's hard. <laughs> Damn. Wait. Okay. Okay. Well, so, okay. mom, for, this is a game where you pick three people, one person you want to have sex with them, one person uh-huh. you want to spend the rest of your life with, and one person you're okay if they get murdered in this scenario. Oh, I would kill Ina. so hard. Okay. Damn. You would kill Ina? I would kill Ina. I would have sex with Padma. And marry Nigella. Ooh, a little bit different. I would kill Padma. Sorry, love no, no harm, no foul. It's just I have to make a decision. <laughs> I mean, I want to be living that like East Hampton life without a doubt with Ina. Like, yawn, yawn. Oh my gosh, no! I would find plenty of things to do. I mean, <laughs> I would love. No, this is tough. I'm, I'm like, there. Li- I'm really somewhere right between. You with, guys. without a doubt, Nigella is. I, that's like, I, I, no, that's fuck. Oh, okay. I mean, she is like, to me, the cat's pajamas. Like, she is one of the sexiest people that I think exist on this earth. Agreed. So, that's my take on it. I mean, I think Padma, I'm going to be having sex with Padma. You're cho- <laughs> so you, but you're choosing Padma over. But you think if you're married, you're going to have sex? That's not a guarantee. Padma is sex. Right, but if you marry Nigella. You're marrying Ina. I'm marrying Ina. No! <laughs> you get you okay. an Ina as okay. your wife. Right. And Ina's okay with a little Padma on the side. Totally. I love Nigella. She was, she, she's how I got started in the game. But I'm going to have to kill her. Wow. I like that we all had a different answer as well. I love Nigella. She's the queen. She is. She's. Where's that crown? She's voluptuous. Sushi Eats says, what do you think of hot dogs? I love hot dogs, of course. They're delicious. I'm sure you guys do too, right? He's just asking our general feelings towards hot dogs. Have you checked out Twitter before? It's kind of like this. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> Maybe you don't like hot dogs. I do. I don't. I don't eat hot dogs. Oh, unfortunately. <laughs> Why not? I uh, haven't eaten meat in a long time. I didn't know you were a vegetarian. I eat fish, and I am pretty lax about my meat eating. Like if Are you like I was in Detroit and I had uh, fries, Burger King? crazy fries with tons of stuff on it, and it turns out it was like three in the morning. We were outside; it was dark, and they, it had pulled chicken on Did it. You and have I kind of like ate around it. Maybe. <laughs> uh huh. Okay. Yeah. So, so you're not like a full macrobiotic fish. Grains and vegetables. I do only. love macrobiotic cooking. I think that's you're right the, down the street from Suen over yeah, here. Yeah, I think macrobiotic is the, the best, most healthy way you can live your life. But and I and I ate like that today. Did but, you go to Suen? No, I went to Honey Brains. Oh, what a name! Yeah, I love the name. Don't like anything else about it. Mm. Hope you're not listening, Honey Brain. It was around. It's like it was around the corner from the gym, so yeah, I just right. popped in, and it's like we have yeah. healthy shit, and it's like very fast, casual. You order it, and it comes out, and there's you weren't there's like it. hot people there. It's everything that you want on paper, but the food was just not very mm. good. It's I could get a better. I got a bowl. It was it was like thirteen dollars. It was a little piece of salmon, some kale with vinaigrette, and some plain. Roasted sweet potatoes with honey. There was like a there was a honey. What was the honey? There was component? a honey vinaigrette that was really bitter. Had too much lime in it, but it was like it was something that I could just get at the Whole Foods salad bar right. for like half the price. So I'm never gonna go back again. But I love the name. But it's kind of has like a a little like douchey sweet green kind of vibe, you know? Which I, which is I fucking hate that shit. Do you guys like sweet green? I think it sucks. I thought the question was about hot dogs. Yeah. But I do come from the... I do come, come on, from... You guys. Uh, you guys need to say more cool things. The, the place <laughs> of uh, the Coney Dog. Hell yeah. Which is chili, beef chili on a uh, hot, hot dog mustard with a steamed bun, mustard, and raw onions. onions. Yeah. Love that. I used to so love good. them when I was eating them. Well, you can have a vegetarian version of it, perhaps. I think that's beyond the point. Oh, okay. The substitute. One day when I go back to eating meat, maybe I'll have a lot a of. Coney. There's been a lot of advancements in the vegetarian meat substitutes. As I've, I'm sure I've you had know. those bleeding burgers. Did you like the Impossible Bleeding Burger? They taste too much like meat. Oh shit! Damn, it's that's weird. interesting. It's not. I mean, I, there are different reasons why I don't eat it, but it's like I'm not. Yeah. Anyway, don't need to get into that. That's boring. Okay, Tobias N. What is your favorite dish to make when you just got home late and don't want to cook anything? Mm. Mm. I make eggs at night. It's always my go-to. I always make sure I have them in the fridge, and I'll always just like scramble some up and put a couple of things on it. Ten minutes, you're done. It's protein. It's warm. I go eat. to sleep. What do you put on the eggs? Pretty traditional. Just like I scramble them in butter and then like just put other shit that I have in the house, like just a whatever. toast or like, like vegetables. Like a little green onion. Or, you got lime yeah, if, like I get, if I get there, but I can just eat them straight up. For me, uh, if I'm going to be doing a late night drunken meal, it's yeah. got to have some crunch to it. Uh, what? Okay. And I, I love doing that, but I ha- there has to be like a toast involved of some, okay. of some kind. I can't just do a scramble only. That's just me. And I can't have the crunch of a veg. 
Do you? you? I think for me, you need like a fried crunchy thing, or like no, a, just just anything where I, it's like hot and crunchy. Like when I bite into it, it goes like. <laughs> then I'm fine. I usually will make a tiny peanut butter and pickle sandwich because there's always peanut butter and pickles in the fridge. Mm. My grandma used to make them for me when I was oh, a kid, really? so I have like a. And it's a good. It's actually a really fun flavor combo. Just like, you know, peanuts and vinegar. Very, Do you toast the bread? Um, you can have it either way, really but good. I usually keep my, the bread in my house in the freezer because it goes bad before right. I live alone. So I can't eat a whole loaf right before it turns stale. So I keep it in the freezer. So then I, I defrost it, put it in the broiler in the oven, toast it up. So it's like not toasted, toasted, but it has a little, right. you know, and there's always pickles and peanut butter in the house. There's not always other cool ingredients i usually make a quesadilla with hell yeah that's the way it should be done toasted pumpkin seeds and lots of hot sauce well toasted pumpkin seeds in the quesadilla yeah it's cheese toasted pumpkin seed what the fuck i mean there's like pumpkin seed pepita uh, salsa it's just the same thing except they're intact and is it is it there for flavor and crunch and crunch yes i eat a lot of toasted seeds Good for you. That's good. I've never thought about seed in the dia, though. <laughs> so take your, take, your, take your tortilla. I use a corn tortilla. Usually, um, tortilla, uh, tor- tortilla, tortilla, nixtamal ones sure. that I get. And you heat it on the gas burner of your gas burner. And then in the meantime, while I'm doing that, I uh, toast the pumpkin seeds and then... Whatever cheese okay. I have in the house. Sometimes it's manchego. <laughs> just like breaking the rules here. Doesn't really, it's a, just sort of no I mean, longer. I can see a manchego pairing with a pumpkin, the pumpkin seed, seed better it than It becomes like a tostada. Cheese. It becomes a tostada. And then I put a little oil in the pan and then I move the, the tortilla turning into a tostada kind of thing in there. And then I put the cheese over the top, let it melt, put the pumpkin seeds on top. If I have like a green chili based so hot an, sauce, that's sort of. Faced? Sometimes I make two. Sometimes I like put two together and then it's like close. Just whatever you're feeling that yeah. night. But it's usually pumpkin. What I have is tortillas, pumpkin seeds, hot sauce, and cheese. It's all brought to you by the Park Slope. If there's no off. cheese, I will maybe put use an egg or I'll put red sauerkraut in there somewhere. Things are getting crazy. Red sauerkraut instead of cheese in a quesadilla. Man, I need to get back to L.A. <laughs> yeah. Damn weirdos over here. Um, okay, we have. It becomes a taco. Though. We have time for one more question. We have way more than we'll just answer them next week. Sorry, guys. Um, Why don't we just do a lightning round? Wait, no, way more. What? What are we? What? What didn't we do? What are you going to? Well, there's have just more? like a bunch of more questions that I'll, I'm going to. Oh, next your time. adoring listeners like gave so many questions that we're not getting to. Wow. That's right. Okay. Sorry. Um, Cyber Max at Hughes Maxwell. What is the age? What is the upper age limit for cha-cha matcha? For our listeners... That's a really good... (laughs) (laughs) Cha-cha matcha is a a place in New York... Oh, I'm familiar with it. I'm not not telling you. I'm telling our listeners (laughs) who may not be aware of it. If you live in New York, you definitely know what it is. But it's like a very trendy matcha place where you go... If you're like a Wilhelmina model or Jonah Hill, you go there and you get like a... (laughs) A green matcha latte iced, and then you sit out in front and take selfies. It's like super trendy kind of kind of place. 
age limit upper, what do you say? There's no age limit? 18, 35. I am... I am upset at the level of hating at Chacha Matcha. Like, I think they have a good product. They do it well. They have a very, very specific point of view. And listen, I'm telling you, they are laughing all the way to the bank. Absolutely, of course. Um, is there an age limit? Um, hmm. But so is like IKEA. Totally. There could be an age limit for that. I, I see where this, what is this person, Depending Cyber Max, I see where Cyber Max is going with this. He feels, he feels like it's a little young. Um, yeah, no shit. I don't know. I think. It sounds like you know, you're, you as a cha-cha sympathizer are the I'm wrong. I'm a cha-cha supporter. Oh, Jesus. You're the wrong to sympathize with. What, yeah. What say you then? Um, I, I think it should be. No older than an NYU undergrad. Hell yeah! But everyone who's the real damn. Oh, that's why Kim, that's why Kim sends me to get it. I'll text no. her on the way. To- oh. <laughs> but the thing Respect. is, everyone who goes there is between twenty-one and like forty-seven. So key answer. <laughs> Same demo as Ina you, Garden. If you're older than twenty-one, <laughs> just have your intern get it for you. <laughs> Uh, and he has a follow-up question. Oh, God. True wasabi ice cream, nut or not, do you think... I've never had true wasabi ice cream. Is that a thing that you guys have had? No. No. I have not had that. You've had true wasabi, though? Yeah. Yes. Amazing. Totally different. But ice cream? So amazing. Never had an ice cream. I think it would have to be paired with something else as a contrasting flavor. Honeycomb. Oh, well. See? I'm just throwing that that's out a good. That's a good one. I think, I mean, because... And a piece of Japanese milk bread. Oh, my God. Hmm. That's good. Right? Like a nice... Like it's kind of like a spicy mustard sandwich, except it's... Is that what you used to eat, like, <laughs> in the Asian Depression? <laughs> I remember... You watch yourself, them. She's going to come after you. <laughs> I remember no, wasabi cream sandwiches and crime allowances. <laughs> Back at, we only had milk bread and hot spicy mustard. No, but that's like an, an ice cream sandwich During of Japanese. Depression, we didn't have true wasabi. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, back then, I mean, it's like the olden days when, like, everyone just ate lobsters and oysters all day, you know, and now it's a delicacy. Maybe it's the same thing for wasabi back in the day, you know? They were up to their ears in wasabi. And then the white man came through. <laughs> but, like, a nice ice cream sandwich, white Japanese milk oh, bread. Oh, I was just thinking open. Fa- a, yeah. But a, the sweet white Japanese milk bread. Toasted? I don't know. Maybe not toasted. Mm. And then... I only... And then a, toast. But maybe I'm going to find a way. Maybe the use of nitrogen will play into it. Who knows? <laughs> but like maybe it's all in one, one self-contained unit. A nice bitter but oddly pungent and sweet wasabi, true wasabi ice cream. little honeycomb. This is sounding good. This is sounding very good. It'll be like a Japanese mint chip. <laughs> Do you think that sounds like a good idea? I, I'm not really like getting excited for spicy ice cream but you guys go but for true it. wasabi isn't right, really okay, spicy so saying, right um, fake wasabi is true wasabi not really it's a wonderfully if you make it i'll eat it okay thank you <laughs> that's very sweet of you for us for saying that 
All right, ladies. Thank you so much for doing this pod. Thank you for this delicious cookie. I learned a lot. I learned about weird things that you guys like to eat. <laughs> Just fucked up things that you guys eat out here. <laughs> we'll make them for you sometime. Yeah. Thank you. And also, for people who do a podcast of your own, you would think you would turn your cell phones off when we're recording. <laughs> it's not me, guys. All right. If people want to find you on social media, what is the best place to do that? You can look for us on all platforms as at Food Book Fair. Mm-hmm. And then if you dive and lurk in there, you can look at them and then find their own individual profiles and DM them accordingly. Indeed. You totally. can also find us on our own podcast, which is called Recommended Reading on Heritage Radio Network. Beautiful. And you can follow me at Them Jeans, and you can go to thestewpodcast.com where all the other episodes live. Thank you for doing this, guys. Thank you for Thanks having us. Too. Say goodbye. Bye. Ciao. Ciao. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 